The Squiz is a free weekday email and podcast where your shortcut to being informed. Plenty of people have asked us to do a shortcut on Julian Assange. So here it is. In this episode of Squeeze Shortcuts, we'll take a look at who Julian Assange is, what WikiLeaks is, what Sweden and Ecuador have to do with it all, and his recent imprisonment in the UK. Squeeze Shortcuts is your shortcut to more than the headlines. I'm Kate Watson. And I'm Claire Kimball. Let's go back to where it all began. He was born in Townsville in Queensland, but reports are that Assange moved around a lot. Some reports say he went to up to 37 different schools before settling in Melbourne. He became a father at the age of 18, and many have described him as intense, driven and highly intelligent. From a young age, Claire, he was interested in computers and became an expert hacker. And in fact, got in trouble quite early in his life for those mm. skills that he was able to develop. The advent of the internet saw Assange drawn to that darker side of the internet. And in 1995, he was accused of dozens of hacking activities and was lucky to stay out of jail. There's a whole lot to be read about Julian Assange's early years, some verified and some speculated. But the reason he's now a household name around the world is due to WikiLeaks, which he co-founded in 2006 at age 36. Let's get into it. WikiLeaks is, in essence, an online platform, and what it does is allow those who want to leak confidential information the ability to do so without it being able to be traced back to them. What observers have said is that it's actually quite an elaborate operation and the way Assange himself has described it is that he needs to keep sources safe, they need to spread their assets around, everything is encrypted, they move telecommunications. It's quite an elaborate thing to keep people safe and to keep on the move and that's why Assange uh, really took up what's been called a nomadic lifestyle and ran WikiLeaks from shifting locations over those early years. And it has absolutely nothing to do with Wikipedia, in case anyone was wondering. (laughs) That is a question that often comes up. Put that one to bed, nothing to do with it. 2010 was quite a year for Assange and WikiLeaks. This was the year that WikiLeaks released footage showing US soldiers shooting dead 18 civilians from a helicopter in Iraq. Then later in 2010, WikiLeaks published a mass of classified US military documents on the Afghanistan and Iraq wars. Among those documents were details of civilian casualties that hadn't previously been disclosed, but also US efforts to pursue Osama bin Laden. A lot more than that also was published. And that was followed by Cablegate, which is when 250,000 secret US State Department diplomatic cables were published. It went into the very inner workings of some of those really high-level US relationships with world leaders. It was highly embarrassing to the US and a real problem for them. Yeah, as you say, the leaking of this information was extremely concerning to the government. At the time, Hillary Clinton was the US Secretary of State. She responded to these leaks by saying, there is nothing laudable about endangering innocent people and there is nothing brave about sabotaging the peaceful relations between nations. It certainly wasn't the last time Clinton 
would comment on Assange and WikiLeaks, given what came in 2016. Yeah, that's exactly right. And the next big release of WikiLeaks documents was during the 2016 presidential campaign when it published about 20,000 Democratic National Committee emails and 2,000 emails from Hillary Clinton's own campaign manager. It was, again, embarrassing for her for the inner details of her campaign and her relationships with people to be exposed like that. So whilst Hillary Clinton and much of the US government at the time were certainly detractors of Assange and WikiLeaks, he did have his supporters. During the period between 2010 and 2016, Assange received numerous journalism awards here in Australia. He was given the Walkley Award for Most Outstanding Contribution to Journalism. That was in 2011. He was voted the People's Choice Times Person of the Year in 2010, for example. Yeah, and this really goes into the divisive nature of Julian Assange and, and what he was trying to do through WikiLeaks. There's lots of people, of course, who aren't so supportive when we're talking about people like Peter Grest, uh, who thinks that there needs to be more responsibility exercised rather than just dumping a whole bunch of documents on a site. Lots of interesting commentary too about whether he actually is a journalist and whether what WikiLeaks is doing is journalism. Donald Trump even said during the 2016 election campaign that he loves WikiLeaks, though he's changed his tune on that quite a bit since. <laughs> he has. He loved WikiLeaks when they were going after his competitor in Hillary yes. Clinton, but now that he's president and has to answer all sorts of questions about Russia's involvement potentially in giving those documents to WikiLeaks, it's a very different thing when you're actually the head of state. So safe to say WikiLeaks has got Assange in a bit of trouble. Let's look now at how he ended up in the Ecuadorian embassy in London. Assange was in London when he was issued with an arrest warrant from the Swedish government, not actually over anything to do with WikiLeaks, but due to allegations made against him in August 2010 that he sexually assaulted two women. So there's quite a bit of detail out there about those allegations of sexual assault, but what it boils down to is that during a lecture tour of Sweden, Assange had sex with two women without a condom. There's also an allegation of rape. Assange, for his part, says that those accusations were politically motivated and part of a smear campaign. That's because there's the possibility that he could have been extradited to the United States from Sweden if he went there to face those charges and potentially face jail time. So the legal case to extradite him to Sweden took place in the UK. There was a lot of back and forth over this. In the end, the British didn't want to extradite him to the US because he faced the death penalty. But what they did uphold was that Assange should be extradited to Sweden to face those sexual assault charges. So naturally, Assange seeks asylum in the Ecuadorian embassy in London. This seems rather <laughs> random. Why are we now talking about Ecuador? So Julian Assange, who was out on bail at that time as he was fighting that extradition order from the UK to Sweden, uh, turned to the Ecuadorian president, a guy called Rafael Correa, for help. They were quite like-minded. They were thinking the same things when it came to freedom and the internet mm. and publishing government secrets and all of that sort of stuff. So uh, Correa, for his part, thought that Assange was... Uh, a party to political persecution and his foreign minister at the time said that that was something that certainly Ecuador stood against and that they would grant him asylum. So all in all, Assange was actually in the Ecuadorian embassy for seven years from 2012 to 2019. In that building. Hard to imagine. Yeah. It was around 2017 that Ecuador was starting to hint that Assange was overstaying his welcome. 
So that came about when Ecuador changed its president. Lenin Moreno, who is still currently the president of Ecuador, had a very different approach to Julian Assange and they started upping the pressure on him to be a better resident of their embassy, things like looking after his cat, keeping his part of the residence clean, not skateboarding down the corridors, those sorts of things. But eventually that relationship completely broke down and he was forced out of the embassy. People listening may remember those scenes as he was sort of dragged from the embassy, bearded, looking quite dishevelled and and unhappy. So Assange is currently serving 50 weeks in jail in the UK after being found guilty of breaching the Bail Act. That breach is from when he skipped bail to go into the Ecuadorian embassy, that to dodge extradition to Sweden. Are people still with us? (laughs) Meanwhile, Claire... Meanwhile, the US Justice Department has filed 17 new charges accusing Assange of violating the Espionage Act by publishing that classified military and diplomatic documents. And it's also looking at having him extradited to face those charges. At this stage, a hearing will take place in the UK in late February 2020. And should he go to the US and be convicted of those US charges, he faces 175 years in prison. So as you can see, there are lots of bits and pieces to the Julian Assange story, and it's by no means over. Before we finish, though, a couple of subplots that we haven't yet mentioned. Firstly, former US Army intelligence analyst Chelsea Manning delivered hundreds of thousands of classified documents to WikiLeaks and in 2013 was sentenced to 35 years in prison for espionage and theft. This is an important subplot. It is because Chelsea Manning was one of the main characters in this whole story. She was the whistleblower who, as you say, dumped all of that information onto WikiLeaks, which was then published. It was the largest breach of that type in US history. Barack Obama, when he was president, commuted that sentence for Chelsea Manning, which was quite a divisive thing. He did that in his dying days of his presidency. But the interesting thing, even though they're two main figures, Julian Assange and Chelsea Manning have never met. That is interesting. Someone he has met is Pamela Anderson. She's one of the many high-profile people who are publicly supporting Julian Assange. What's that about? Well, (laughs) the actress has been a very vocal supporter of Assange for a number of years. She's visited him in the Ecuadorian embassy in London, but also in prison. She's also one of the main advocates for his freedom. She says that he is the world's most innocent man. She says that she loves him. She's quite an activist on a whole heap of fronts. And this is just one of the things that she's very involved in. And what about the fact that Julian Assange is an Australian citizen? What's our government's position been? Our government's position is that he's eligible for Australian diplomatic help just like any other citizen. And Maurice Payne, our foreign minister, says that he's been offered those consular services. Scott Morrison, our prime minister, though, has said that he is not receiving any special treatment and won't be in line for that. He does have a valid Australian passport, which is an interesting sort of subplot to this as well. He uh, applied for that last year, what he thought he was going to do with that. I'm not quite sure, but he does have a valid Australian passport to travel. And that's your shortcut to Julian Assange. 
Each episode of Squeeze Shortcuts, we make a recommendation on some further reading or listening or watching. Claire, what have you got for this one? So I have one of the definitive profile pieces on Julian Assange, a link to that. It's written by Rafi Kachadurian for The New Yorker. I remember reading this years ago when it came out and I reread it as we were preparing for this. It's really a stunning insight. He was able to travel and live with Julian Assange for quite a few weeks. So the insights are quite deep. It's long. Set that aside yeah, for a weekend. A I mean, this is one of the toughest shortcuts we've done because there are so many different elements that are so interesting to the Julian Assange story. Mm. I found the timeline of, of events that the BBC published extremely helpful in understanding <laughs> when things happened and why. If you just want to wrap your head around what's really happened since he headed into that embassy, I recommend taking a quick look at yeah, that. Tying those threads together is a is quite a job. Yeah. We hope we've done a good job of it. Thank you for tuning into this episode of Squeeze Shortcuts. Cuts. Plenty more where this came from. We've got a couple out on Brexit, Hong Kong, climate change, drought. Am I missing anything, Claire? Ash Barty. Ash Barty, if you're interested in. Summer of tennis coming up. That's true. Something a bit lighter. They're all available in written format on our website also. And if you're enjoying these shortcuts, please leave us a review. As always, if you have an idea for a shortcut, don't hesitate to reach out to us. Hello at thesqueeze.com.au. Until next time.